Let's get ready to grumble! Gentlemen, it's now time for the Royal Grumble. I'm your host, Graham, and sitting in the corner <laughs> to my... What? Oh, he's not here, is he? No, uh, after he suspended you last week, you, Did, we've oh, now yeah. suspended him. Why have we suspended him? Uh, because he made some comments online. <laughs> <laughs> is he, I thought he was currently in Europe like renegotiating Brexit. <laughs> kind of, but it, it got a bit, you know... Inflammatory, I think, is the word. To yeah, use. He, he, he got into an <laughs> argument on Facebook, didn't he? Yeah, like a middle-aged woman arguing, arguing with their son's uh, flatmate about a washing machine, which might have happened in my previous life. <laughs> it, it's an enjoyable. I, I sent you the full transcript. Of oh it, yeah, I enjoyed where it. Where he was arguing with people who took everything he said quite literally, and he tried to make like an analogy about you know we could vote to burn babies, but that's not necessarily right. And they literally thought he meant he wanted to burn babies. Yeah, the the, the irony was certainly lost on them people. Yeah, but we had to suspend him because he did go online and say he wanted to burn babies. Right, so if you're a new listener, my name's Daryl. <laughs> uh, I don't want to burn babies. Uh, across the room from me is Dan. Say hello, Dan. Hello. He also doesn't want to burn babies. No. Uh, Graham was not here this week because he wants to burn babies. <laughs> uh, he, he He's the bad one. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So... To go from burning babies to sad news. Um, I, may, I can't think of a way to link it. Oh, no, um, yeah. Uh, we, we, we lost a wrestling legend. Jim the Anvil Mydart. Yeah, uh, I like Big Jim. Oh, it made me so sad that I, when I got sent the picture that I posted of um, the, Hart fam- uh, the Hart Foundation all in black and white apart from Brett. Yeah. Like, that is mental to think about. Yeah. Like Jim, I think Jim's the oldest of them all. He, he must be. Like, I don't, no, no, no. Well, I can see the cogs turning. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was thinking, well, yeah, but like, but like, probably, yeah. If they were all alive, Jim yeah. would be the oldest, and he's the like first last to go, and that it's just crazy thinking about it. But Jim the Anvil Neidhart was like massive for me as a kid because I loved the Hart Foundation. Like I, Bret Hart was my first wrestling love, and I obviously went back and watched all the Hart Foundation and everything like that. And then when the Hart Foundation came back in '97, that was massive for me. Still, probably one of my favorite factions of all time. And it's gotten that we've lost him this week. Who? Who? Gotten that we've lost Jim Neville Nyhart. Who? I realise what you... (laughs) It took me a second. Yeah, Yeah, he he also played who. Yeah, he he had some weird moments in WCW. The first... No, no, that was WWE, that. Was it? Yeah. I thought it was WCW. Mass wrestler called who? It was Jim Neidhart in WWE. During the new generation era. I, I had it in my head that it was a Dungeon of Doom thing. No, no. Well, I don't know. Maybe they had a rip-off, but yeah, mm-hmm. in WWE, it was called Who and it was Jim Neidart, which I read was meant to be a rib against Hogan, but I couldn't work out how it was the rib. So I don't know if it's true. It's Vince's mind, isn't it? So like, when I read it, I was like... It was a black mask. Oh, yeah. That's a good shout. <laughs> uh, no, but like, my first experience with Jim the Anvil Neidart um, was the Hasbro figure of him in what can be only described as blue tracky bottoms. It was from the Joe and he was the new foundation with yeah. Owen Hart who had purple tracky bottoms on. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I never had the new foundation figures. I had the original Hart Foundation Hasbro's. So, uh, you didn't. Jim Nidart never had. Didn't he? No. I, I had a Jim Nidart. Jim Nidart. Jim Nidart. I had like an one. LJN version. I don't know. If you, if, yeah, if you had a Hasbro, you only had the 
blue and yellow tracky bottoms. See, this is why this is what you bring. Yeah, uh, I I had Heart Foundation figures when I was quite young. I yeah. remember that. Yeah, and it was pre Jacks. Yeah, so it might, well, you might they might have, they might have released Bendy ones, but they weren't Hasbro. I don't know. I did, I'd never had the Bendy figures. I but... must have had the thing because I remember having yeah. a Jim Nidart figure, and it yeah. definitely wasn't a big Boss Man figure. Yeah, because the figures look very alike. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the beard cut off in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I. I my first experience with Jim Nidot were like, oh, this is a bit bit rubbish. But then I saw him uh, on telly and I was like, oh, actually, oh, like, well, I probably booed him because I were a kid. But yeah. looking back, oh, he's, he's meant. And then, I mean, I was on Shawn Michaels' team during the whole <laughs> Shawn Ma- Click versus Heart Foundation thing. But like, obviously, I like the Heart Foundation. And like, um, he were a, he, obviously, he wasn't the most important member of the stable version of Heart Foundation. Uh, but he was still an important. He was he was a solid stable mate, weren't he? Like, yeah, he he was a a vital cog in this machine. Yeah, and then as a tag team, it's kind of like the prototypical tag team where he was the powerhouse, Brett was the technician. Brett takes the heat. He comes in, you know, yeah, fire and all that. Um, it made it's what made them such a great team because they were so different, but they worked well together. And obviously, like actually, like brother-in-laws and. Like everything to do with the Hart family is kind of sacred to me. So the thing, the, stuff. the <laughs> thing I like the most about Jim Nidart, right, out of everything, is um. <laughs> know what you're gonna say? Do you? You're gonna talk about his t-shirt and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. If only we had somebody that could say wrestler fashions. Oh, we don't need you, Graham. Done it, done it, pal. And it were in key. Um, so Jim Nidart, uh, proper carny wrestler. He got given some free tracky bottoms. And a free T-shirt that said WWE 2K15 that were ironed on like his mum had done it, or he got he'd got Helen to do it back in the day, and uh, and he just wore them forever. I I enjoy him on Total Divas. Does like, he wear him on Total Divas? Of course he does. Yeah, but I enjoy everything where because um, Natalia is one of the most awkward and unlikable people in the world. I think. <laughs> Like <laughs> your dad's dead, and you're awkward and unlikable. I mean, no, she's obviously like really nice stuff, but the character she portrays on Total Divas, she's very awkward and weird and stuff. And her and her mum and dad, like Jim, Jim Manville and his wife, play like the weirdest parents. Yeah. Where he just kind of sat there and like the time when Lana shows up at the house, so he decides to show her how to shot put <laughs> and things like that. He's, he played that role perfectly as yeah. well. Like he's such a great character, and there's been loads of clips going around online. And I think my favorite one, apart from the one where someone's edited a 30 minute video of him laughing, um, it's just the same laugh, just looped for yeah. 30 minutes, uh, is when Owen Hart won King of the Ring in 1994, and Jim the Anvil was the one who put the crown on his head. And before he did it, he treated it like it was. I don't remember exactly. I should remember this thing. But in Indiana Jones, when he's got to take the thing off the plinth and put some uh, put the bag of sand on oh, to yeah. replace the weight before the big boulder comes on, he treats it like that. I think like, it's the Holy Grail, mate. Indiana Jones and the Holy, the Holy Grail. Grail. It's not. It's not called Indiana Jones and the Holy Grail. It's like the Temple of Doom or. It's the of Kingdom them. of the Crystal Skull, mate. You know where they're all aliens. <laughs> yeah. So he he grabbed the crown and jumped to the fridge. Yeah. Um. But no, like the way he approaches the crown, like it's the most sacred thing ever, and then carefully puts it on his head, is just brilliant little sort of work that i always really appreciate but yeah it's i'm, I'm very sad about this and you know yeah. heart foundation forever and all that so uh moving on there's no there's no smooth segues for this just yeah. let's just draw a line under that and let's, let's get, 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 get well, yeah meh. oh well rip 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 it ripping everyone so 
Um, I'm quite glad I'm back this week because there's there's a couple of stories I, w- I want to talk about. It, so it's like they knew. <laughs> what? It's like someone knew. Yeah, the and was universe. Like, oh, Daryl's back this week. His yeah. suspension's up, so we need to load up. So he's got some stuff to really rant on, especially when Graham, the host, isn't there, and he'll stop him from talking about yeah. this stuff. So first, let, let's start nice and easy. It's a nice little softball. Um, it's a uh, progress. The great race grumble. See, I can do it, Graham. Right. So, uh, <laughs> it's um, it's um, progress. Did a US tour, or they're doing a US tour, or it's yeah, it's happening. It, it's finished. The tour's finished now. People are yep. back home. Um, I've not been able to follow the tour that well because the results are hard come by, and I'm there's a part of me that wants to wait till it's all on demand as well yeah. because I will sit there and watch all the shows. Yes, yeah. especially leading up to Wembley, and considering the shows have the free in, uh, the free and in thing for the main event at Wembley. Um, I don't know what happened on the last night, so I don't know who's still in it for this Sunday's show. It might be next Sunday, whenever the next Camden show is. Anyway. <laughs> so, um, Chicago. G- yeah, so they were in Chicago. Jim Smallman, he's on microphone, and he's like doing his, his bit where, where you know he tells a few jokes and talks to the crowd, and he's saying, oh, Chicago, it's the home of famous wrestlers such as CM Punk. The crowd booed and chanted Colt Cabana. I mean, it's this is, two evils, isn't it? <laughs> wait, this is the same crowd or the same kind of crowd that any time they have any bit of disdain for anything that happens in WWE, they chant CM Punk, or at least they did at one stage. Now they don't like CM Punk. And I assume it's because of the whole lawsuit thing which you talk, talked about last week. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're both kind of idiots, aren't they? Is CM Punk all in? It'll be fun for a com- on commentary when Colt Cabana's going to call it like it's the best thing ever. Yeah. I hope so for that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think he's all in, is he? I, and I don't. I don't yeah. think he's. I don't think he's coming out to set up a match at New York, is he? Which I, which I really wish he would. Probably not. No. It's kind of funny that like all in Moose is there, but they didn't. They didn't spend the money on CM Punk, but I understand it at the same time. I don't quite get what you're on about there, mate, because Moose probably cost fifty p. <laughs> to be honest. It's really strange that like Moose is treated like such a big. He was treated like a big deal in Ring of Honor, and then when he went to TNA, he's treated like he's in the main event scene there in Impact. It's ever since that time when I was really making an effort to say Impact, and you guys kept going, but it's TNA though, isn't it? And but now it, I can't get it out of my head. Yeah, now. but it's always going to be TNA, mate. Yeah, but um, <laughs> I just remembered another thing about one of the other match announcements for All In. Um, Why don't you talk? Well, let's talk about that then instead of Moose. Well, I just want to point out the fact that. So Moose is shot like a big deal in all these companies, but yet at Manchester in pro uh, in Manchester's Progress show last June, I w- went down to uh, we always stand on the balcony when I go to Manchester shows, and I went down, went to Lou, went to check out merch, and I'm just stood next to Moose. He's just there hanging out. He's there as a fan, and I just found that really hilarious. That you know, former NFL star and current. Like, Why was he in the country? What was he doing? I think he was doing some of the shows, and he just went to Progress to, you know, say hi and stuff. But do you think he took his gear and begged to get booked? Oh, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? That was a show that was main evented by War Machine, who are now the War Raiders. Yeah. Um, versus Mustache Mountain, that was just absolutely stunning. Um, but yeah, Moose was just sat at the back watching the show, eating his uh, broccoli and rice from his little tub. Yeah, he definitely took his gear, didn't he? Probably. Yeah. I mean, but then if he didn't. That'd be worse because what's the wrong rule of you know being a wrestler? Always have your gear on you. Yeah, but also don't be a beg, you know. Oh, please book me. <laughs> right. It depends if you want to be a bit like. No, because uh, one of uh, Jim Smallman's pet peeves because I've listened to his podcast before. 
and he says that like if you're a wrestler and you meet him he prefers you to just like just have a chat with him rather than asking to be booked yeah cause it creates an awkward situation yeah what I ask you <laughs> you know moose you can't three thumbs but yeah um, on all in because all in's next week oh, and yeah. I don't know well I'm guessing we will be recording before it's on and then I'm having everyone over here to watch all in Graham's not invited is he I invited Graham He's not coming though, is he? Probably not. He's not invited. You don't like indie. No, he's not invited. Yeah, he's not invited. You're not invited to our indie crew. You're Flip Gordon. (laughs) 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 You don't even get that, Graham. You don't even get our joke. (laughs) God. But um, did you you watch Being the Elite? Yeah, yeah, of course I do, mate. The Elite. I'm a fan. Did you see this week's, the latest one where they announced uh, Kenny Omega versus Pentagon Jr.? Yeah. So, just for the people listening... Uh, as they announced it, so it was Kenny Omega sat there going like, oh, I'm so beat up after the G1, like, oh, we've got just some, like, are we doing a six-man or something? You know, take it easy. He's like, oh, well, us two and Kota are doing a six-man. We, we've got another match for you. He's like, and it comes up saying, Kenny Omega in a special singles match. He's like, singles match? Oh, so I'm opening a summit then, surely. You're not going to treat that hard. And it comes up, Kenny Omega in the main event. No, no, I'm not doing a main event. I can't do a main event. I've got a cracked heel, for God's sake. So it comes up, Kenny Omega in this special semi-main event. Like, okay, I'll take it, but who am I against? Like, like someone easy, come on, and stuff. And it comes up eventually saying, Kenny Omega versus Pentagon Jr. And it's just him staring at camera going, the hardcore guy from TNA. <laughs> 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 it's just... The way they've been hyping these matches on Beadley have been so interesting. Just the whole Marty Skull versus Okada build as well. Yeah, because they keep saying because he's a junior that he can't beat him. Yeah, it was him, it was him, it was him, it was well on this week's show. Where he's like, well, Ray, you're, you beat the heavyweights, you're the guy. And he's like, oh, I'm against Okada. Like, oh, okay. He's like, I mean, you must have some advice. You, you beat the big show, you beat all these heavyweights. It's like, yeah, but you know, Okada. And he's like, what you're saying is, like, it, it, this isn't the word he uses. You, you're saying I'm screwed. Like, yeah, you're screwed. Thanks, Ray. <laughs> it's just playing up to that. But, yeah, I'm quite looking forward to All In. And a few of the events leading in on StarCast as well look quite good. I've got an issue with StarCast. They're selling the events um, at approximately $80. Yeah. It was $60 until a few days ago, until, like, two weeks ago. Still, $80, mate. But for that, you get four days worth of stuff. And I love what, like, before you got here, I was watching a shoot interview I've watched six times. Obviously, a gentleman with Bill Carr. And that just, that's gibberish to you, I'm guessing. But there's a great story involving how um, he pooed himself in the ring while having an NXT match with Roman Reigns. And Roman Reigns beat him by him leg dropping him and pooing himself on it and then having to roll over and go, pin me. (laughs) And <laughs> just rolling out of the ring <laughs> like two minutes in <laughs> and just weird stories like that. it's a great shoot but i love stuff like that and some of the panels look really interesting some of them are just like war games retrospective it'll be interesting i guess but like the one i really want to see is the def wcw panel dear who's on the panel so it's eric bischoff versus rd reynolds right who wrote def wcw yeah okay have you listened to the eric Bischoff podcast with about the Brian Pillman thing. I haven't listened to that one yet. I've listened to okay. most of the others. So, and this the reason why I bring this up is because uh, there's a book written. Um, yeah, yeah, I can't I've remember what it's called, it, yeah. which is great radio because I can't even plug it. But uh, it's a book about Brian Pillman. It's written by one of the uh, podcast guys that yeah. from the UK. Not, not as good as our podcast, clearly. Um, and. 
I've not read it, but all told, it's meant to be a really good book. Uh, it's got good reviews. Uh, it's meant to be really accurate for what people have said. Um, so uh, Conrad Thompson uses the book as a reference point against Eric Bischoff, 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 Hilmer's career mm. in WCW. And pretty much every point, Bischoff uh, tears down and says isn't true and says, how does he know that? And all this It's like, well, it's obvious how he knows it, mate, because he's asked people, <laughs> like, it's everything Bischoff's like, well, how could you possibly know that? And then you just try everything you, you could say, sky's blue today, mate. In fact, is it though? Is it blue? Can you prove it? <laughs> and like, Look outside. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I, I enjoy Bischoff's podcast, but at the same time, like I'll always like the first episode I listened to was the one where he starts by saying Hulk Hogan was made by the AWA, not WWE, but then claims that Benoit Guerrero, Malenko were all made by WCW, not ECW. Yeah, he. I think if he were a more reasoned person, I'd be more interested in list in like listening to it. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm not interested in paying to listen to Eric Bischoff cry about a book R.D. Reynolds wrote 10 years ago or whatever it was <laughs> maybe even longer Kevin Sullivan's on that panel as well I'm guessing Kevin Sullivan will fall asleep that's his thing isn't it well the thing is like, Bischoff tends to discredit Sullivan quite a bit yeah like he's t- he t- Bischoff likes to take credit for the ideas he perceives as good yeah and let Sullivan take credit or discredit whatever for the ideas that Bischoff mm-hmm. perceives as bad so anything Dungeon of Doom <laughs> it's all Kevin Sullivan's idea, which I believe because, you know, like... He's the face of it. Yeah. It's hard to dispute. But, like, then the NWO, that's all Bischoff's idea. And it's like, well, I'm not disputing that he went over to New- to Japan and saw that invasion. Yeah. But then... But did Sullivan not write any of the angles for that? <laughs> no? I don't know. Maybe not, but... He did give Sullivan credit for the, like, when d- the NWO came in and lawned out Rey Mysterio, that episode. He gave yeah. Sullivan credit for that one. But he still kind of said, I had this great idea to this and Sullivan added ideas. Yeah. Like, yeah, right. So anyway, so yeah, I don't yeah. want to spend $80 on it. Um, so I think that what I'm going to do is illegally download it. Conrad. When it was 60 they also did a deal where you got a piece of the all-in ring canvas as well. Yeah. And that's when I was considering it. I was like, that would be kind of cool to own. Like, cause it's... Biggest... I've got I've got enough tat. I like tat, though. Like, literally on our table now is the tat that I've not had a chance to even unpack from WrestleCrates. Yeah. I've got three micro brawlers and three DVDs. And then underneath, I've got some pop vinyl figures that have been out of the packet, but I had to take them off my desk because I needed it to look more professional as a suck-up at y- work. Yeah, but then you've got what you've got is unopened tat. I've got a lot of yeah. tat, mate. I don't need I don't need more. I mean, we are recording in a studio that is like... It's, it's a decent-sized room, but yet we are confined in the space. Like I've got my leg up on the chair you're sat on. <laughs> Because there's not much room, leg room for me. Because... Listeners, if if you want to get a vision of how it is, do you remember that angle where Vince is sat in the ring and Sable puts her legs uh, on his <laughs> shoulders? That's 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 how he makes me sit when Graham's not here. Yeah. Apart from like you know, I ain't shaved my legs today. No. Let's I'm move into on that. to the next topic. Yeah. So let's, talking of sexual harassment, let's move on to the next topic. <laughs> Um, it, so it's a while since we've got, and this word is definitely not um, chargeable. So oh, is it not? We'll, we'll... Well, it's an it's an atomical word. What penis? Yeah. Oh yeah, of course we can say that. It's a it's a well known feature on the podcast. Yeah. Penis cast. Penis cast is back. Right. And it's very rare we get a repeat. I was going to say repeat offender. Has Randy Orton had? Uh. Apart from the photo that went round of him RKO in Seth Rollins. 
No, I don't think Randy Orton's featured on Penis Cast. Hasn't he? I don't think so. So, Randy Orton's feature on Penis Cast um, is not exactly uh, a funny funny uh, penis pic that he sent to somebody online. Um, what it is, is somebody was going back and listening to old MLW podcast episodes and heard Court Bauer allege, and this is all allegedly, Randy, before you get lawyers involved, Court Bauer alleged that Randy Orton used to uh, whip out his Johnson um, and put his hand on his Johnson and then go up to a new writer while um, said said length is uh, still hanging out and uh, extend his hand, not his length, and say, are you going to shake my hand? And then obviously they're like, well, I don't really want to shake his hand because he's touched his, touched his penis with it. And then, but then he's like, oh, he disrespects me. Do you want me to go tell Triple H and Stephanie he disrespects me? It's a bit weird. It's a weird power play, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, in hindsight, wouldn't it be funny to just, like, grab his hand and lick it and just be like, yeah, screw you. Uh, <laughs> It'd be I mean, weird. It'd give you a reputation, but you'd get one over on him psychologically there, I feel. Uh, I mean, I never thought about grabbing his hand and licking his penis, mate, but, like, you're right. Not, not lick his penis, oh. lick his hand. Oh, right. Oh. Like, the, the hand that he's putting out to you to shake and thinking you'd oh. be all creeped out about shaking his hand that is... I mean, it's kind of the thing we were talking earlier about, um, like, if I know food has been cross-contaminated because I'm vegetarian, um, if it's been near meat... So you wouldn't shake Randy Orton's hand because it's been near meat? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> but, like, if I know it has, then... Well, yeah, he's, wa- he's walked up to you it. with his meat yeah, in his hand. if I don't know, it's fine. And how many people's hands do you think you shake who haven't washed their hands after they've been to the toilet? Do you know what one of my number one pet peeves is, mate? Do you know when you go to a to- public toilet mm. and then to get out of the public toilet, you've got to pull the handle? Yeah. Yeah. Because people don't wash their hands, so then I've got to judge which is the least germ-ridden point on the handle. For a brief period, they, they've not had in there the last two or three shows, but when I go to Fight Club Pro shows, they have a guy in the toilets sat like with the toilet roll, so you have to go up to him to get... like to get stuff to dry your hands with. So I wouldn't wash my hands because I didn't want to have to deal with it and him like trying to get a pound for handing me the paper towels that are free normally anyway. So I took hand sanitizer with me to shows. <laughs> <laughs> so I could so I could like as soon as I got out of the toilet, like there's no door to get in and out. It's like a yeah. corridor thing. And so I'd use the hand sanitizer. I've not had to do that last two shows because he's not been there. But I know I know you're paying with that one. Yeah. But then how many people do you think like when you've shaken hands with anyone, like, especially when we're involved in wrestling, like you shake hands with people all the time. How many of those do you think have like driven there in the jogging bottoms with hands down trousers? So if you don't know about it, it's fine. But then if you want to get a psychological edge on someone, you take his hand and you lick it. <laughs> so what you're <laughs> suggesting is if, you, if you've been sexually harassed, then sexually harass them back. Well, it's a power play, isn't it? Like, I'm not saying like this is what I do now, but you ca- if someone was trying to power play like that and you knew it were a power play, and you'd be like, you know what? I could I could get do something about this, but it's Randy Orton. Like they changed the drug rules for him, so yeah, I'm kind of thinking that way. So I'm thinking, well, how do I get one back over on him? You grab his hand and you lick it like full on, like, yeah, and then just go, nice to meet you, mate. That might work, but <laughs> he might punch you. But, um, but then I'm... the whole story of him punching you is why did you punch him? Because he licked my hand. Why did he lick your hand? I don't know. Well, I know it's because he walked in with it on his penis and figured I'll power play this new writer by getting him to shake my like right mate dirty penis. No hand. little nerdy writer 
is going to do that. The reason he's doing Freddie it... Freddie Prince Jr. Junior, Junior, Junior. What, Shaggy? <laughs> and not even the good Shaggy, not the black Shaggy, the one that's like, wears a green t-shirt and pretends to be he a mate. Shaggy. Shaggy. What? That was Matthew Lillard. Which, well, which one was he then? He was uh, the Bond one, like oh, the yeah. Kendall type one. Oh, I don't even... Who was like dating... I don't remember the other characters' names. But Daphne. Well, no. and Daphne. Daphne he, he was the one who's... I know, like, so Velma. There's Velma's the glasses girl. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar played uh, Daphne. And then the guy who's like the, like the, the handsome one who's not Shaggy, like the guy who actually knows what he's doing, that's who Freddie Prince Jr. played. The Shaggy was played by Matthew Lillard. Oh, right. I only know this because I watched the Twin Peaks panel recently, which he was on because he was in season three of Twin Peaks, and someone actually came up and asked him to do a Shaggy impression. They asked him to do his Twin Peaks, he does a really good scene in Twin Peaks season three. They asked him to do that in Shaggy's voice. <laughs> Great. Oh, yeah. Well, I wanted to talk about Shaggy, but he's not even Shaggy. No, he's mm. not. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah, so uh, Randall was a bad man. Allegedly. And not a bad man like, you know, the cool, like, grime bad man thing. He's not a bad man like Rikishi. He's just... He never did it for The Rock. He, he did, it, did it for the... He's in the cock. Dave Meltzer body shaming category, rather than the... Uh... Oh, does Dave Meltzer body shame? Have we got time to get on and talk I about I can this? talk about it very quick, because I have to be careful not to go full on on it, because I haven't got song two queued up. But... Dave Meltzer said a load of stuff on his show about Peyton Royce not being as good looking and being a bit fat and ashes on main roster and stuff. And Peyton Royce called him out on it on Twitter saying, the women in your life would be ashamed of you. Like, good on you, Peyton Royce. Screw you, Meltzer. Yeah, but I don't think Meltzer understands people, to be honest. Especially not understand women. Yeah. Especially not women. Um, Screw him. So I just thought of this, which I just need to bring up. So we're not going to cover World of Sport today. Because what's point? Everything that's ever been said about it has been said. All I'm going to say is, when you watch the next episode, pretend that Alex Shane is actually Alan Partridge. <laughs> just just pretend and listen to some of the, some of the things he says. Um, And he's got the air of Partridge about See, him. Someone is made the... a good point about Alex Shane's commentary on World of Sport. It's that air that he's breathing in, Did isn't you it? ever watch the... Triple A show that they did for a little while where Alex Shane and Dave Bradshaw commentated on it. No, but that sounds mental. It was awful. Because you had like Triple A wrestling, it was really good. And it was literally like, you know, like, like Trash Bag Wrestlers that was big on YouTube for a while. Yeah. Where they don't really know what's going on, they just make fun of it. It was Dave Bradshaw and Alex Shane doing that and getting themselves over and not talking about like one of the best lucha companies in the world. It was mental. You've, you've held the Triple A big like mega champion title yeah. whatever it's yeah. called like um in the words of steve carino i don't know any money um possession is nine tenths of the law so for that period of time i was technically champion yep and yeah. jeff hit you with guitar and pin you yeah he won it back didn't he yeah so um steen dean ambrose is back and he's on roids isn't he <laughs> can we say yeah. that uh probably not Allegedly, he's not roids. Allegedly. But he came back with the boulder shoulders and he shaved his head. Yeah. So he he looks awesome. <laughs> like, genuinely, I saw the picture and I'm like, he looks like a proper main eventer. Like, he looks like just the biggest badass main eventer going. Do you not think it's funny how nine months rest and recuperation will uh, allow you to look healthier? And He's not been sliming people on TV or anything for nine months. And I mean that is in the sense that he slimed Seth Rollins once and 
he looked like he needed a shower all the time. He actually looks like he had time to shower. He got his hair sorted out. He went to the gym a bit. He's come back and he's beefed up. Like, I, I'm into this. Like, I, I, I'm hoping, like, we get, like, big, badass Dean Ambrose now. Yeah. We will. So because it, they don't have to He's back in time for the second biggest show of the summer. Yeah. Do you want to run down the biggest show of the summer? I do. Uh, cool. Load up the card because I, I have to look away from the microphone to read it. I've just realized that. Oh, uh, this is going to go well. If I zoom it in, can you read it from there? Are you actually on wind up? Listeners, I apologize for this. I can't angle my neck. My ne- Listeners, if I'm... you could see what's happening now, <laughs> it's like Stephen Hawkins is in room with where he's sat. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way I can describe it. Oh, man. This is what I Joey Janela. <laughs> Joey Janela's lost in New York. Sold out pay per view. It's going to be great. Is it a pay-per-view? Yeah, it's going to be on Fight. It's night, it's night, it's night. But the actual show is sold out. The only way to see it is on Fight TV. And I'll probably be purchasing it. Okay. I don't know if I'll be able to watch it live like I did Spring Break because it's not on a a semi-reasonable hour for me. Does this clash with NXT? No, it's the night before. Okay. Because the main event of the show features what could be possibly Matt Riddle's final indie match as he takes on Pierre Carl Houlet. (laughs) PCO on his big redemption tour. So PCO is going to kill him before he goes to NXT. Yeah, um, that should be good because PC like PCO has been calling him out ever since this whole comeback started. Like just posting those weird videos of him doing bench presses while getting cattle prodded and getting barbed wire wrapped around his head and stuff. Just going, Riddle, I'm coming for you. Just these weird promos. So I'm quite excited for that match. Uh, even uh, so, we get Joey Janela versus Jinsei Jinsei Shinzaki. Hakushi. Hakushi from WWF. Yeah. Um, that, that'll that be insane, I'm guessing. It, not as insane as the Great Sasuke match, but it's still uh, that's really cool because yep. Hakushi had one of my favourite like mid-90s WWF matches. <laughs> Him versus Bret Hart from the first in your house. Classic. Um, we got... Let me have a look. Oh, yeah. So, one of the Fight Club shows recently, one of my friends walked to the queue and he mentioned he was going to SummerSlam because he's, he's on holiday in Cuba. And then he's flying to New York for a few days because his, his changeover was in New York and he figured, I might as well just fly to New York, stay there for SummerSlam and then fly home afterwards. So when you're flying into New York, Thursday, do you know Joey Janela's got a show on? Has he? Like, yeah. What matches are on? Nick Gage, MDK versus Meng. <laughs> Before I'd even finished that sentence, he were on his phone booking his ticket. Genuinely. Yeah. <laughs> One of the toughest guys in wrestling history versus Meng. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Gage, I'm I'm massive on Nick Gage now. I was talking before about the uh, American Rana Balboa match between David Starr and Joey Janela. One of the things that really made that match is they put Nick Gage and Matt Tremont, two like proper season deathmatch guys, on commentary, and it put it over ten times where they were like, you know, we've done some messed up stuff. This is messed up. But I'm impressed. Yeah. And it really like put over like how brutal the match was. Especially Nick Gage just being like doing his like ten minute promo at the end of the show as well on commentary, but that'll be really crazy. Um, we've mentioned this before: Nate Webb versus MJF with special guest appearance by Wheatus to play him out to the ring. Chris Dickinson, uh, the Dirty Daddy versus Teddy Hart. Who knows what to expect from that? Teddy Hart, he's all right now. I will come on to that in a minute. You mm. carry on doing the rundown. Uh. I don't know what the bottom match is, but then there's a ladder match, which is the Grab the Brass Ring ladder match, which features Tony Deppen, Gringo Loco, Eli Everfly, 
Jimmy Lloyd and G Raver. So it's a bunch of like CZW and GCW guys, really. Um, all GCW guys strictly now. And that'll be ridiculous. Uh, Eli Everfly is the guy who, in the opening match at New Orleans for the Joey Janelle show, finishes match with a double underhook uh, Canadian Destroyer pile driver from the top rope. Okay. When pile drivers were banned. But the, the way other wrestlers justify it was, it happened so quick and so ridiculous, no one believed it happened, so we didn't <laughs> get fined. <laughs> Great. So yeah, that will be, it'll be a ridiculous show. Like, all the Spring Break shows have been, like, both of them have been really fun. And I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Yeah. What else is on? What? That weekend, what else do you say is on? Oh, we'll get on to that in a minute, mate, because you said about Teddy Hart, I just want to briefly mention that... <laughs> put my neck in a natural <laughs> position now. <laughs> uh, I just want to briefly mention that um, recently I, I've, I've ventured onto the YouTubes and uh, and uh, I rediscovered MLW um, and they've got they've got their own weekly show. Yeah, I've seen a few and, clips of it. I watched the... Uh, have you seen the Battle Riot? No, but I do want to see it. The Battle Riot's on YouTube. That's what I want yeah. to talk about. So it's... The way it was sold, I think it was oversold because they were talking about it being like a combination of a street fight and a Royal Rumble because like you had competitors come down every 90 seconds. They can bring weapons. Uh, they can either be eliminated by over-the-top rope or pinfall. I, I know who won it. And it plays into a joke from when he does the show with Brian Alvarez. Okay. Um, he always claimed that he was the king of the hardcore battle royal because he'd like really hurt someone in a battle hardcore battle royal when he wrestled before he went to UFC. Okay. Where he'd uh, smash the traffic light over their heads. <laughs> I've got a hair in my mouth. It's horrible. Sorry. <laughs> you lost my mustache hair. <laughs> I don't know. It this happens. is it's, it's frustrating. I said that really cryptically, but cryptically, it won't matter. Like it's um, thingy. His name's gone from Edna. Tom Lawler. Tom Lawler, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. but not enough wrestlers brought weapons down for my liking to the mm. point where you might as well just not have that rule in. Mm. Uh, but other than that, it was, it was a good show, and if you're only going to watch one MLW show, just watch that, because it, it, it was decent. That's my, that's my review. you got Shane Strickland on there, too, who I'm really high on. I think he's absolutely brilliant. He just uh, won the one, one problem is Loki's the heavyweight champion. Yeah. I hate him. So moving on, I'm saying uh, let's let's uh, run down SummerSlam before we um, actually do a good SummerSlam, which is 2008. Um, so there's 13 matches altogether. But I think two of them. Are, all day. I think two of them are pre-show matches. Okay. Um, so we've got uh, first one of the pre-show is the B team versus the Revival for the Raw Tag Team Titles. Go on. Are you not bothered about that, mate? <laughs> I mean, there's no Revival really of the. All right, here's, a, here's another pre-show match for you that you might enjoy. It's uh, Andrade Cien Almas and Zelina Vega versus Rusev and Lana. That's on the pre-show? According to Wikipedia. I get all my information from Wikipedia, mate. I saw Rusev's promo from SmackDown. Oh, stuff that I laid the show because I mentioned on the G1 thing where, that we were recording early in the week anyway. On SmackDown last night, Rusev cut the best babyface promo going. Him and Lana cut a pure babyface promo on yeah. them too. And it was awesome. And it's on the pre-show. Yeah. That's annoying. Uh, Daniel Bryan versus Miz. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. yeah. Daniel I'll Bryan was just uh, announced for the 2K19 showcase mode. With playable it? American Dragon fig- uh, American Dragon character on it. Is it? Yeah. Oh, um, okay. From Velocity in 2003 when he faced John Cena. Right. But that Daniel Bryan, like Brian Ring Danielson. Ring Daniel Bryan. He's literally called American Dragon Brian Danielson. Is he? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Uh, Finn Balor versus Constable Baron Corbin. Like, 
Right. And other week, I were a little bit down, a little bit down in dumps, and I'm like, you know what? I think I like New Japan more than WWE now and all this. And I, I don't necessarily take that back, right? I but, don't, G1 Ross. But when you've got solid caliber feud of Finn Balor and Baron, Baron Corbin, I feel like like I'm going to eat my words here. Because, yeah, do you want to watch G1 or do you want to watch Baron Corbin, mate? <laughs> See what I mean? Like, There's a reason SummerSlam's a week after the G1. Like, let people settle down. You've had three match of the year contenders in a row, <laughs> headlining three shows over a weekend. Let's set, simmer down and let's watch SummerSlam. It's different. It's a different product for a different audience. Yeah. But Finn Balor, he was as Prince Devitt. He was literally the person, the wrestler, that got me watching New Japan. Yeah. Like him and the Bullet Club, but it was him essentially. With the, and, and that he was one of the few who bridged the junior like to heavyweight gap. He faced off against Tanahashi, like well, y- yeah, but, still but junior and stuff. My, and... my point with it is that to watch one of my favorite wrestlers, I've got to watch him wrestle Baron Corbin. You've got to watch him wrestle Baron Corbin again. Yeah, again in a suit. Yeah, <laughs> like, why is he wrestling a suit? I mean, Constable Baron Corbin is a hundred times more entertaining than I like wolves and my hair is weird, Baron Corbin. Yeah, I agree. But at the same time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So then it's uh, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Jeff Hardy for the US title. Uh, I did assume at one point Randy Orton would be coming out with penis <laughs> out, but uh, if he's under investigation, maybe not. In the hand instead of the crotch. Yeah. <laughs> I know where that hand's been. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this must. Be, oh, this is a pre-show match as well. Uh, Cedric Alexander versus Drew Gulak for the cruiserweight title. Drew's taking the belt. I, yeah, I, I, I've whatever. Watched, I've watched more two or five live than I've on SmackDown recently. Yeah, and I don't necessarily believe what I just said, but I hope that's what's true. That's what's happening, mate. They could turn this belt into a spinner belt. I won't care. Like what? what? Two or five lives getting good. It's been very good the last. Yeah, few you weeks. said this about TNA, but yeah. then me and Graham reached you for it. Don't come at me with purple brand being good Mustafa Ali is absolutely awesome right Carmella versus Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair for the Smackdown women's title <sighs> Becky should win okay she won't but Becky should win enough yeah we, enough we all this already Becky is your best woman like Charlotte is awesome but Becky's the one everyone wants to get behind yeah Charlotte's probably a better heel anyway isn't she yeah yeah Okay, uh, the real main event of the whole weekend is the Intercontinental title match. Uh, Seth Rollins with Dean Ambrose versus Dolph Ziggler, the champion, reigning defending champion uh, with Drew McIntyre. Uh, Drew McIntyre. Yeah, a bit too Scottish for my liking, isn't it? <laughs> um, he's not from Dundee. Dundee. Did it? <laughs> See, we don't need Graham. <laughs> Dundee. <laughs> he's going to be going mental. <laughs> You 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 bordered on doing an impression of the shopkeeper in Still Game there. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but okay. Oh, Graham will know what that means, and he'll be angry at me for pointing that out. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> do you think Ambrose is going to turn heel? Yeah, but I can't decide if it's going to be before or after. I don't know if it's going to be like to cost Rollins the match, or I did see something online earlier which I thought was a pretty good or interesting way of doing it is... Maybe he cheats to help Rollins win, and then that's to get him close to the belt. So then he turns on Rollins and then gets a shot of the belt, um, which I can see either really. Yeah. 
Um, I, I'm not against them ideas, but I just... I don't necessarily like Dolph Ziggler, but I, lo- I hate him less than I did before his association with Drew McIntyre. You can tell Graham's not here. Yeah, because I can get <laughs> this out without... Um, I'm wanting Drew McIntyre to come out of whatever situation this is looking mm. meant. Because I, like, I really like Drew McIntyre. So, whatever happens, as long as Drew McIntyre looks strong and isn't hurt by it, I'm fine. Fine with Keep Drew strong. Yeah. Uh, Braun Strowman, Money in the Bank holder versus Kevin Owens. Uh, it's a singles match for the Money in the Bank contract. Should Strowman lose by disqualification or count out, he will lose the contract. With that stipulation, does Strowman lose by disqualification or count out, causing Kevin Owens to win the contract? And then later in the night, Brock Lesnar wins, but then Kevin Owens comes out and cashes in. He's not going to cash in on Brock, is he? I don't know. He's going to cash in on Roman. Do you think? Right, if if Brock wins that match again, like, oh. <laughs> I don't know what I'll do. Because I could threaten all sorts of stuff, but I probably won't do half of that stuff. But it would be absolutely ridiculous if they don't do it now. Because they've threatened to do it. Like get it, like I said this the other week, get it out of your system. Have Roman win that match. So we're getting to that match now. Have Roman win that match and get it out of your system and we can all move on with his lives. It's been too long. You're like me, like eight years ago when I couldn't get over a relationship and it took me about two years to come out of that funk. WWE is beating my time on that. They need to quit it and just move on. So I'm glad you've previewed Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns for the WWE Universal Championship match. Yeah. Or Braun Strowman versus Kevin Owens, pal. <laughs> You're a bit angry there. I'm fed up of it. I'm really sick of it. As cool as the stuff, like I have gone back and watched the Paul Heyman stuff. And as cool as it is, I'm sick of them two fighting. Just, we know Roman's going to win eventually. Stop pulling out at the last minute and just do it. Yeah, this week they oh. did... Um, uh, Paul Heyman came down, pretended to try and be on Roman Reigns' side, and then he pulled out, I think it was pepper spray yeah. or something, sprayed him in the eyes, and Brock Lesnar came down and beat him up. Um, but I'm not totally sold on Heyman not turning against turning on Lesnar, to be honest. Well, he weren't going to, were he? No, I mean, I, I, yeah. I mean, it might, I still might think it happened. It might happen at SummerSlam. I don't know. Yeah, but... Unless Reigns wins, and then... Kevin Owens comes down to cash in on Reigns, like you said, and then Heyman sides with Kevin Owens, maybe. Mm, I could see that. I don't think it, it. I don't think the the pair works necessarily, but it'll work for that moment. Yeah, and we'd be moved on. It'd yeah, be great. But yeah, um, I don't see Braun losing the Money in the Bank truck thing. But then again, I when we did all this, I was against him winning it because I don't think that's the right way to have him win the title. No, it's just a bit. Well, it's, it's a bit Kevin Owens, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Braun should be beating people, getting a title opportunity after destroying everyone else and destroying a champion. Like, they've built him that way. Don't have him cheap shot his way into a championship. So he should be quite dominant, shouldn't he? Yeah. Like the Bludgeon Brothers. Hammers. See, we don't need him. We don't <laughs> need Graham. Um, Bludgeon Brothers uh, defending their titles against the New Day. I feel like we've seen this match a million times. We have. Okay, let's not talk about it. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know which one of these I'm more excited for, these next matches. Is it the singles match for the WWE Championship between AJ Styles and Samoa Joe that I've seen several mm-hmm. times in TNA, but 
I don't think I've seen a singles match between these two in WWE. Not I can think of. They may have had one, but I definitely don't think I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> um, or Alexa Bliss defending her title against Ronda Rousey. Ronda's winning the title. I'm pretty certain. Of that. Yeah, but what if that bat flies in? <laughs> oh, that were good. There's that. always there's always the added element of what if the bat. Comes I, I in. was really impressed that there was a bat flying around ringside. Yeah, it made me think when people were saying about it, it was like is, is Gangrel. It might. Are we be. getting Gangrel? <laughs> That'd be a nice shocker, wouldn't it? Kevin Thorne, mate. I'd rather have Gangrel. I like Kevin Thorne. Apart from, have I told the DPW story on here, mate? You told a story the other week about how you knew I was on a show with Jimmy Savile, which you never told us before. So, right. probably not. This will take us to the break, kind of, because we're running a little bit on time. A lot. Um, but I'll just quickly say, AJ vs. Mojo should be good. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, AJ's currently the longest reigning SmackDown champion of all time. What, longer than the 2004 JBL run? Yeah. So, he's losing against Mojo. That's my okay. logic on that one. Uh, so, the story. So the, Wait, so you're saying they're going to put the proper belt, not the rubbish red one they made, the proper one, the one with the Bruno San Martino lineage, the actual yeah. belt, on Samoa Joe? Yeah. Well, I'm all for it. I just want to <laughs> confirm that. Yeah, I'll okay, say that. That's fine. So, my Kevin Fawn story. I, I, I got to work with Kevin Fawn quite a bit in like 2008, 2009. And there was, I used to work for a company called DPW in Leeds where friend of the show Chris Brammer was the general manager for the company. Uh, Kevin Fawn showed up. He was working on a show in Wakefield on the afternoon for UKW, in fact. And he showed up at DPW to, you know, get a book in. A bit like Moose at Progress. Yeah, kind of like Moose at Progress. So Toga goes to him. Toga was the guy who run DPW saying, like, I can't afford your wage tonight. Like, we've got everything planned for the show. I can't just put you in the show. And he's like, well, I'll take a cut rate to do something else on the show for a future booking. And he's like, all right, we'll have you. Cause... So Chris was the righteous Christopher Brammer, and he had the, uh, it weren't called the Righteous Army, but he, he had a group of like heels to protect his heel champion, uh, Juice. Uh, Juice C.J. Banks, who's on World of Sport now. Oh, yeah, C.J. Banks. Yeah. And it was Juice versus Doug Williams as the main event. Doug Williams was currently the X, uh, X Division champion, so wasn't allowed to do a clean job, but he was facing the DPW champion. He was allowed to do roll-ups and stuff. Okay. And for that to happen, Chris needed to interfere in the match. But then, Kevin Fawn gets booked in as the special guest enforcer to make sure they don't interfere, so they've got to do a load of stuff. So, match starts up and everything, and ringside is our buddy Reigns, who was the big enforcer of the group. The big dog. Big dog Reigns, and Christopher Brammer, who's the GM of the company. So, early on, Reigns trips up Doug Williams when he's running ropes. Simple spot. And Kevin Fawn tries to get the big baby face pop by going, You! You! You're out of here! And so he gets the big pop. And Reigns is there selling it. Brammer's there going, No. <laughs> he's like, So he, he tried to sell a bit of shock and he's going, Wait, no. Like, I, I can't. And he's like, So he's trying to communicate with Kevin Fawn. You can't kick us out. Because, like, from what we knew, Doug wasn't allowed to chop yeah. clean. He had to. There had to be some shenanigans for him to lose because he was X Division champion. So he's trying to communicate with Kevin Fawn, and, he, and Kevin Fawn's just getting his pop, and he's loving it. So Chris is there eventually, like mouthing loud enough that if you could, if you were looking at him, you'd tell what he was saying. Yeah. But if you weren't really paying attention, he looked like he was just protesting. 
and he goes, first off, I'm the GM. If anyone's kicking anyone out of here, I'm kicking you out. Two, you need me for the bloody finish. (laughs) (laughs) Where he took a German suplex from Doug Williams. (laughs) So Kevin Fawn, starting to get his big baby face pop, nearly screwed up the finish, which would have meant they'd have had a champion of that company who wasn't coming back for any time soon because he lived in America. Good old Kevin Fawn. That was before he uh, powerbombed Chris Travis off a stage and messed up his elbow and everything. And, uh, PW. I don't know your money. And on, and on that note, uh, join us after the break where we'll talk about more 2008 shenanigans. We will. But, but it'll be SummerSlam 2008 after this. Before the renaissance of British wrestling. Before the revolution. Before the progress. There was one. One company who pushed the boundary. One company on the lips of British wrestling fans. One of the most controversial companies in British wrestling history. One company bringing pro wrestling dream matches to the UK. The Royal Grumble brings to you the in-depth look of the company that brought them together. The company that brought eyes from around the world to a small town in the north of England. 1PW, version 1, 2005 to 2007. Coming soon. Subscribe now. We do not owe you money. Welcome back. Welcome back. Do you feel refreshed after that break? I do. Yeah? So uh, we're talking about SummerSlam 2008. Yeah. Yeah? So uh, before we get on to talk about SummerSlam 2008, um, how are you enjoying 2008 so far, mate? I'm enjoying it, but the feud I was most looking forward to seeing, as good as it is, another feud has definitely eclipsed it from what I'm enjoying the most. Well, what are you we'll talk the... about it. Oh, we'll talk about it's, it later. It's, it's okay. on the show, so... Right, so this show kicks off with uh, Je- Jeff Hardy versus MVP. This is the feud I was talking about. Yeah. MVP and the Hardys. No, it wasn't. On commentary, we've got a bit of a pop quiz for you, mate. But like, like an impromptu um, Christmas quiz. We've been talking about the Christmas quiz this week, haven't we? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes, we, yes we have. Oh, dear. <laughs> Uh, I, I've got something else to suggest in what we were talking about as well. Okay, Just this because, is all mystery yeah. things that the listeners don't know about. Anyway, so so on commentary, they say Jeff Hardy is making his first SummerSlam appearance since 2001. Okay. Can you tell me the match he had at SummerSlam 2001? Hmm. So it was the month after he faced RVD for the... Inter- was that a title match, Invasion? Uh, I don't remember. I feel like it was an Intercontinental title, but it probably wasn't. Well, there's a title involved in the match he has at SummerSlam, so I assume it was a title match. I'll say Jeff Hardy versus... It'd be someone from WCW. It's, is it part, it's in part of the invasion angle. Yeah, yeah. 
I can't think. I'm going to say Lance Storm. Incorrect. So oh. it was a ladder match versus RVD for the hardcore title. Okay. Yeah. So, so it was, I, a, I was so basically close. a rematch. Yeah. Um, but we are ladder in it. Yeah. Ladders. <laughs> kind of works. In a way. Yeah. Um, so this match, there's a pretty mental spot in it. I don't know if you... So MVP's in the corner and Jeff Hardy's kind of... No, sorry. MVP's just a little bit away from the corner. Jeff Hardy runs up to him. MVP overhead belly-to-belly suplexes him into the turnbuckle. And then Jeff Hardy lands on the top of his head. Yeah. Well, this is coming up to... So does MVP leave in 2009? Yeah. He asked for his release not long... He, did, he goes to New the, Japan, doesn't he? Yeah, he went... Because it was strong, strong style, uh, strong style gangster, isn't he? Yeah. So he, Were he the first Intercontinental Champion? He was, yeah. Yeah. He's also competed in the G1. Fun facts. Yeah, even Shelton Benjamin have both been G1s and they were both involved in this match. I genuinely remembered that fact as we were watch- as I was watching the so match. So you should have done a pop quiz for me and been like, how many wrestlers on this card have been in the G1? I don't know the full card. Um, well, Undertaker's not been in G1, has he? No, I'm just trying to think quickly through it. I think it might be only two, just off memory, but anyway. <laughs> oh, sorry, mate. Tony Atlas is on card later, so he were in G1. Well, was he? I oh, know that was shoe size a uh, woman that <laughs> they were licking. Uh, they're the face stompers right there. That's my favourite <laughs> shoe interview of all time, where where, he, where they, they make him look at shoes and describe which ones are face stompers. Oh dear. Whatever floats your boat, but like I don't need to know about it, do I? Right. So, uh, our MVP. He was stood in corner. This is another thing. It, Jeff Hardy ran up to him. Um, and he went to do that weird. Um, oh, what is it? So Jeff Hardy sat in. Uh, sorry, MVP. Let's start again. MVP's mm. sat in the corner like he's going to receive a stink face or a Bronco Buster in that position. Jeff Hardy runs in, and he goes to do that thing where he kind of springboards off the bottom rope to get momentum up, and then to the kick face. him. So he gets the momentum up as he comes back down. MVP lifts his feet up and. Boots him across the ring. Oh, that was good, actually. Yeah, yeah and he goes flying. Oh, oh this is mint. <laughs> it's amazing going back and like, never really appreciated MVP that much, but I'm starting to appreciate him. <laughs> yeah. Battering people. <laughs> so then, finish up match. Jeff Hardy goes on top rope for a swanton. Uh, Shelton Benjamin just appears outside. Yeah, he Shelton Benjamin appears. Nowhere. For reasons. Yeah. Uh, so then uh, Jeff Hardy dives on him. Then he runs up back to the top for a swan, Tom. MVP moves. It's a drive-by kick and pins him. Yeah. And then, does Matt Hardy come out? No? No. No, no, Jeff Hardy comes out later, doesn't he? To save Matt yeah. Hardy, yeah. Spoilers. So then uh, backstage, uh, Maria interviews Santino and Beth Phoenix. And there's the a bit unibrow. of... Yeah, well, there's a bit of tension, isn't there? Because they're the former lovers. Yeah. Yeah. Can you believe that WWE, as part of this comedy angle, made out like all these women were proper hot for Santino? Yeah, what's wrong with Santino? I mean, yeah, I, I'm playing straight into the storyline. He's got the unibrow and everything and looks mental. Yeah. And it's horrible to people. So he's playing the character well. They built it up well. But then Maria looks really silly in this thing because surely she should have kind of been like, no, I'm not interested in you anymore. Go away. But instead, she played it up like, he's right. <laughs> 
And that's the bit that got me about this one. Well, yeah, but it? the women's evolution hasn't happened yet, mate. So all, the the women all want the men, don't they? They're just hungry for it. That's... Yeah. See how she's dressed. <laughs> so, um, do you want to know um, who's not as progressive as Jeff Hardy, uh, as Jeff Jarrett even, but more progressive than somebody else that's sexist? It's Kofi Kingston, mate, because <laughs> it's an intergender match. Yeah, and... It's so weird, a WB match where the men and women are allowed to be in the ring at the same time. Yeah, which I've got an issue with that, but we'll get on to that. So, intergender, IC and women's title match. Mickey James and Kofi Kingston, the women's and IC champions respectively, versus Beth Phoenix and Santino Morella. And um, they on commentary, it says, intergender means men can fight the women. Okay. The match was made by new Raw general manager, Mike Adamley. Dubbed an Adam Lee original. I'm sure we, there's going to be more of these. We talked about this last week. Yeah. Yeah, so I know you're trying to be good. Because I, I did say, what's the over-under on Daryl? All I, all I said was it was an Adam Lee original. <laughs> and Mike Adam Lee was okay with men fighting the women. That, they're facts. They're facts that have happened. But then how they play it in the matches, like Santino gets battered by Mickey James. You don't really get much of Kofi and Beth Phoenix. No, because he, he'd absolutely kill her. I don't know. Beth Phoenix is a beast. What? Like, she's she's like a big... Let's move like... on. <laughs> no, you're going to make that sound like negative. I didn't I mean, mean it negative. We'll just move on, like, mate. She, like... she destroyed Kofi Kingston. Do you not like women? Is that your issue? Do you don't what, like Dave Meltzer? Why don't you like Beth Phoenix? What's wrong with Beth Phoenix? <laughs> Beth Phoenix is awesome. Is she? I'm saying, yeah. yeah. Well, that's fine, then. She's a beast in a good way. Okay. Not not the Scottish Leisure Centre Beast way. <laughs> Can we ever get through a show without great without mentioning that? <laughs> just just for just for the listeners, when Dan mentions a Leisure Centre Beast Good and then it. mentions Graham, let me just clarify: <laughs> Graham has not, or will never ever will be, and we are not implying this. He is not the Leisure Centre Beast. I just want to clarify that. <laughs> He's gonna, he's gonna be more annoyed about the fact that we keep saying Legends and Beast than you clarifying it's not him. But it's not him. Can you just tell you it's not him? Because the listeners, yeah, Graham is not the Legends and Beast. That's fine. Why can't we keep saying Legends and Beast? Because uh, Graham is gonna be like he's gone on holiday because we suspended him. He's done an Alman Abdi on us, and he's gone away, and he's gonna be sat like. You know, in the sun, enjoying his time, putting this on for some reason. <laughs> and he's going to hear the words Leisure Centre Beast over and over. And he's going to ruin his day. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to get a tan, though. Be, be right. It's not a tan, it's blood pressure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, moving on. <laughs> Beth hits Mickey with a glam slam for the win after Mickey James DDT'd Santino. Uh, so, your winners are Beth Phoenix and Santino Morella. And because of that, Beth Phoenix is the women's champion and Santino wins the Intercontinental title by not being involved in the finish. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I do like how he celebrates oh, yeah. the finish. and he's, he's literally going, it was all me. It was all <laughs> yeah. me. And also, this is the title win that leads to the honker meter, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the next up is the angle that we all came to see, really. This is the one. This is the one that Joe previously where it says... Men can fight the women. Right, so um, Shawn Michaels is coming to the ring to let the WWE know his future on his career. 
and he's uh, accompanied by his wife Rebecca. So the play video package, and the package has got um, the history of the angle basically, and it's yeah. it's very heavy on uh, the eye injury, and it's playing up um, that Sean Michaels is going to have to retire, or it's hinting he is, and then he comes down. And he says that uh, the doctor recommends he's got to retire, and it's uh, you know compounded with all the other injuries he's had, and mm. and uh, Rebecca's there behind him, like looking sad and everything. He says it's time to walk away, so he's he's beginning his retirement speech, and there's showing members in the audience crying, which you know is um is, is good, and Rebecca's crying, and then Jericho comes down wearing his suit, mm. and you know it's on then, <laughs> you know it's on because he's got his suit on. And uh, Jericho says he won't allow Shawn Michaels to retire due to injury and wants him to admit that Jericho is making him retire. So Shawn says he admits it. and uh, So Jericho also says he wants uh, he wants Shawn to admit it to his kids that Jericho made him retire. So Shawn says he admits it and will tell his kids it's because of a vile, worthless and selfish human being. And then uh, Jericho look, uh, Shawn Michaels looks at him dead in the eyes and says, tell your kids that daddy will never, ever be Shawn Michaels <laughs> and I just oh, I loved that so much I forgot he mm. said it and I was like oh that's meant what a line um, so then Rebecca goes to pull Shawn Michaels away Jericho kind of pulls him back and goes to punch him in the face Shawn Michaels ducks and Jericho punches Rebecca in the mouth the more important bit about this is he punched her in the mouth yeah, but what, do you know that previous bit that I read out where where I said, men can fight the women? Yeah. Yeah, he punched her in the mouth. He legit punched her in the mouth. And as much as he's trying to hide it, you can see that he's like genuinely like, uh-oh. Yeah, because he's thinking, <laughs> I, oh, Sean's going to... I just I'm punched just... his wife in the face yeah. for real. Yeah. And her lip get like swells up really badly and she's got blood in the mouth and everything. And it's kind of... Yeah, but that, as much as it... it it wasn't probably meant to happen that quite that way. It's very uncomfortable. Does it not watching. make the angle a lot better? Oh yeah, it, it makes the angle a lot better, but it's such uncomfortable viewing. Because if he hit her, and there was no mark on her face or anything, ah, oh, it wouldn't it wouldn't have had that. It's because instantly a lip swells and there's a little bit of blood. It's not like it's gushing blood. There's a little no. bit of blood and a lip yeah. swells, and yeah, it's bad for her. She weren't expecting it, and she's not a wrestler, which we'll come to in a minute. She's not a wrestler, but like she, it works. And even though Shawn Michaels at the time probably was annoyed, I think if you look back on it now, bear in mind he knows she's okay now yeah. and and everything. And there's no permanent damage. I think looking back, he'd think, "Oh, that's that's a good angle." That. Mm. So going back to I, Rebecca, I mean, he probably thinks as well. I wish my wife hadn't got punched in the face, but at the same time, I can see like what it brought to it and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying he's he's doing cartwheels because his missus got punched. I'm saying yeah. like now in now ten years down the line, in hindsight, like if he looks back at that angle, bearing in mind he knows his wife's okay, yeah. he probably thinks, oh, that's it. It was a good angle. Like if you looked at it from a neutral perspective rather than it being his wife, it's part. It's the best angle Chris Jericho ever had, and it's one of the best Shawn Michael angles. Yeah. So talking to Rebecca, pop quiz for you. You like WCW? Which Nitro girl was Rebecca? She's spice. No. No. Um no. Oh, Jesus. Do you not even know which natural girl she were? I'm trying to remember the name now. Do you not like women? <laughs> oh, god damn it. Um 
I don't remember all the Spice Girls' names. So they weren't called Spice Girls. They're not Spice not Girls. Sporty Girls. Spice, Ginger Spice. It's not yeah. them. Uh, Whis- Whisper. Whisper Spice. Whisper. Yeah. Fun fact for you there. Next match. Oh, let me just tell you, right, as well. This is the, that kind of the start of the trend where the commentators don't talk yeah. during big angles, and I hate it. And it worked, it worked completely for that. Cause it, Mate, well, it's I fine mean, it if it, you like it. I hate it. It made it more real, which made it more uncomfortable to watch, which helps it at the time. But Do you know if Jim Ross didn't talk when Mike Tyson and Steve Austin were in the ring? There's a difference here. At the time, Jim Ross was at the top of his game. Michael Cole, as good as he can be, like we've seen that with the WWE shows and the UK shows and stuff, if he talked over this angle, he would have ruined it. I don't think he's as good a storyteller as Jim Ross is on commentary. I mean, all Jim Ross did was shout Tyson Austin, but yeah. Yeah, but because of like how Jim Ross is, that puts it over. Whereas when Michael Cole did it, everything he says sounds like it's fed to him through a headset. At this time, it probably was, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, ECW Championship match. Mark Henry, the champion, with Tony Atlas versus Matt Hardy. This goes about five seconds. <laughs> yeah, so Matt Hardy hits an early twist of fate and goes for a pin. Tony Atlas pulls Matt Hardy out and starts to beat him down. And then Jeff Hardy runs in and makes a save. And they double suplex Mark Henry outside the ring for some yeah. reason. Uh, and that That's it. And they make a big deal about the Hardy boys kind of being back together, but I, d- I don't really... I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we should give this as much time as they give ECW at a time. It's clear they've given up. Yeah. Uh, oh, just something to point out uh, from what you talked about last week, by the way, while I remember... Uh, you were on about the commentary teams and when, when Mick Foley leaves, um, he's not on this pay-per-view. Yeah, they it's, did the angle with Edge, didn't they? Yeah, Jim Ross and the Taz uh, are together yeah. for SmackDown. Uh, so anyway, so next yeah, match... Taz says a lot of weird things in this show and messes up his words a lot. And that's rich coming from me. I stumble my words quite a bit, um, but I'm not a professional commentator. Maybe used he, to be, but not now. Yeah, maybe he caught that thing that Mike Adamley's got. Moving on. World Heavyweight Championship match. CM Punk, the champion, defends uh, his title against John Bradshaw Layfield. So this is probably the best title defense CM Punk had in this run. Uh, I don't remember, but if you say so, yeah. Because um, the match with Batista was good, but it was me. Um, the, I've got one thing from this match. Is it the Mama Joanna jacket? No. Oh. Something he said on commentary by Michael Cole that as soon as he said it, I paused it and repeated it out loud to myself several times so I wouldn't forget it. Because that's my tactic. I, I, whenever I have to remember a phone number or anything, I'll, I'll repeat it out loud to myself until I think I've got it. So I did it for a phrase that he says in this. He says, Martial Arts World Champion CM Punk. Now, that was 10 years ago. In hindsight, we know he's nowhere close to a Martial Arts World Champion. <laughs> in fact, he couldn't even... Get, win a round against a journalist. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Michael Cole would have a better shout at beating him. He's ripped nowadays. Yeah. Give him a shot. Hench. <laughs> He's got the same guy that um, Dean Ambrose has got. Um, yeah, I don't really have many notes for this match, to be honest. It was, a, it was a decent match. I mean, at the time, I couldn't see it. But now looking back, you can see that JBL is getting ready to wrap everything up. Because we're only what, five, six, about eight months until he finishes his career. 
Yeah, he's going to retire on that sweet, sweet Mama Joanna money, isn't he? Yeah. He has a match that's only slightly longer than the ECW title matches as a retirement match. Yeah. So, next match, um, it's the more important heavyweight title <laughs> because uh, the more important champion, Triple H, uh, is defending against uh, the greatest Indian superstar that the WWE will ever see, and I can't foresee that ever changing, uh, the great Collie. Jim with Ranjan Singh. Jim Ross throughout this match is really trying to get over the idea that Triple H hates losing more than he likes winning. Yeah. Really trying to get that. Like, he must say it about 15 times in this match. He really goes for it. Uh, other than that, I don't have much to say on this match either. I've got it's... a pop quiz for you, mate. Okay. So, who is Ranjan Singh? Do you know his real name? No, but he's a writer. His real name is Dave Kapoor. His occupation is a writer. Yeah. What's the odds on him inadvertently touching Randy Orton's penis via his hand? Well, if he'd have took my advice, he wouldn't have had to deal with that. Yeah, really, maybe. Would but um, yeah, it's probably high odds in it compared to considering the stuff Randy Orton did I mean, at the time. Bear in mind, he got on t- Randy Singh got on TV, so he must be in good books with people. Yeah. He didn't refuse to shake around the arm's hand, I'm no. guessing. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he did, but I don't think he did. Um, Batista versus John Cena, uh, which was the first time that had ever happened. Yeah, that's crazy to think they went this long without doing this match. Different brands, mate. Yeah. Um, so the big thing with this match for me, the first 10 minutes, I was really bored. It was really slow going. By the end of this match, it was really good. <laughs> And the crowd were going crazy for it. Like, this is like peak WWE, <laughs> like mid, like, fear 2008, isn't it? Yeah. Like John Cena and Batista, two proper main eventers, going at it, and the crowd are going absolutely mental. Yeah. Like, it, it, it turned out to be a really great match towards the end. I enjoyed it. It's still called the FU. I'm keeping count on that one. We're only a month into PG, and it's still the FU. I can't remember when it changes to the attitude adjustment, but. It's got to be soon, hasn't it? Does the five knuckle shuffle change? No, no, no that's still the, the same. No, shuffle. what's the other one? The STFU, has that changed? Yeah, no, no, that hasn't changed yet. Okay. That's still the STFU, STFU isn't it? No, they call it the STF now. They just call it STF, well. Yeah. I pay attention. Um, but yeah, this turned out to be a really great match. I was really surprised by the end of it. And also, I couldn't remember who winned it. Oh, winned it. Who winned it. Who won it. <laughs> See what I mean about stumbling over my words. Um, and I thought, well... I know who they value more out of these two. John Cena's winning. Nah, Batista gets the win. Yeah. A really, really great match. Like, genuinely. Really enjoyed it. Maybe they knew that um, Cena were going to win at WrestleMania. Yeah. Spoilers. Cena beat Edge and Big Show at the next WrestleMania. Oh, is it the one after he faces Batista? Then? I think so. Yeah. Fair Because next one's 25. Yeah, because he um, the finishes him doing the uh, attitude adjustment to Edge and Big Show at the same time. Like, How would you not have some... WrestleMania 25, mate? Sorry? You're talking like you were there, pal. <laughs> he, um, I, the best thing is, so at the finish is he gets both of them on his shoulders. Attitude adjustment on Edge while still having Big Show on his shoulder and then Big Show on top of him and pins him. And then goes straight out of the ring to all the guys in the front row who had uh, We Hate Cena shirts yeah. and posed in front of him. I like it, I like it when, he, when he used yeah. to do that. Uh, final match, main event. But before we do the main event, just because uh, I didn't see... I've only seen this because I've got the card up here. Um, it's got the pre-show match, which obviously... We, or the dark match, because there's no pre-show on um, yeah. 
on the network for this. Uh, it's one of La Familia. That's why I've saved okay. it for now. So it's Big Show defeated Bam Neely with Chavo Guerrero. Bam Neely wrestled? Well, that's why I read it out to you because I didn't know he actually had a match. But yeah. yeah. yeah, on the yeah until we started match. doing this, I forgot he existed as well. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, so main event time. Uh, Hell in a Cell match. Undertaker versus Edge. So I said to you earlier, we came for Jericho Michaels this year. Edge versus Edge Undertaker is my feud of the year. Yeah, I've loved this entire thing and this match. Apart from one thing, I'd forgotten in this. Like in my memory, it didn't go down like that. I think okay. I'm having a Mandela effect thing with the with a part of this match. But one thing I have an issue with nowadays. But this was absolutely great. I think this might have been the last, like... No, actually, it, there's one more really great Hell in a Cell match after this one. Is that the one where Shane McMahon comes off the top? No, it's the one you saw live, I think. Did you see a Hell in a Cell match? Hell in no, was it WrestleMania before or after? Uh, I was at 29, It was before uh, okay. Triple H Undertaker Hell in a Cell from WrestleMania okay. 28. Okay. Yeah, that's the last great Hell in a Cell match. This is the one before I mean, I dispute it. that because Shane McMahon's come off the top of it. <laughs> so you can't you can't beat that, can you? Well, you can, but anyway, actually, no. There's been another great one. So it's the third last great one. Uh, Batista, uh, not Batista. Brock Lesnar, Undertaker from SummerSlam or uh, from Hell in the Cell. Okay, that was good. Let's carry on. <laughs> uh, well, just a lot of, a lot of weapons, weren't they? Yeah, but everything evolved really around tables, ladders, and chairs. Because that's just thing. Yeah. And it's the thing, like, it's built into his character and stuff, and it's the place he goes. So I kind of like that they carried that on rather than just having a plunder fest. It was tables, ladders, and chairs. The steps were brought in at one point as well. Well, everything that was in was a callback to something Edge had done to Undertaker, weren't yeah. it? So I remember Edge got input through a table or a stack of tables. Cause Undertaker well, that happened at Undertaker's last match. Yeah. Um, there was a concerto done at one point yeah so there were a few different things because they uh for the listeners that didn't listen last week or just don't remember um this is set up because edge cheats on vicky guerrero with alicia fox and then vicky guerrero reinstates the undertaker and puts him in this hell in a cell match um i do i think they kiss and make up after edge and vicky i think i feel like they do yeah, but, um, but, like, but, but he's, in the, he's in there to be punished, isn't he? But Edge was absolutely oh. brilliant in the build-up to this with where he asked Mick Foley for advice on how he beats the Undertaker. Yeah. And Mick Foley says to him, like, you don't need me for advice. You're the guy who can beat him. Like, it's inside you already. He's like, oh, you're right. And then paggers him. Yeah. And the bit where he's on the ladder saying, I understand now, and crushes Mick Foley. And he does that in this match as well. And then Mick Foley goes to TNA. Yeah, I understand now. You're garbage. Go away. Yeah, could be NWA world champion. NWA were long gone. Now. Yeah, he were NWA champion then, mate. Yeah, but anyway, um, so yeah, this match was absolutely great, and the build to the finish as well, where it was the Undertaker, like one by one, doing everything back to Edge that Edge has done to him in the past. But then, so once the match is over, the Undertaker's won. That's when we get all the weirdness, and I don't remember any of these weird cuts. That's the thing that bothers me. Yeah, so this Undertaker, stuff. Undertaker like, wins. He leaves the cage. And he's walking up to the. He walks up the ramp, 
And then he goes to do that thing what he used to do where he used to stand at the top and then put his arm up in the air. But then he looks up at the uh, Titan Tron and sees Edge kind of stirring and getting up. So he turns around quite angrily and walks back down and beats him down some more. Then brings another ladder into the ring and choke slams him. Choke slams Through him. the ring. Yeah. Well, I could have been choke slam on the last ride. It chokes on. Yeah, yeah. chokes on. Because it was two ladders, and he had to position them in a way that he could do the chokes on to the spot they needed to do it on. Yeah. So he takes a while positioning these ladders. Yeah. And then chokes slams him through but, the ring. But all the while, is it the camera's cutting into this other footage, like this weird distorted footage of all these like past Undertaker like vignettes. And well, stuff. you know, it's a lot of the um, American badass. You know, the girls yeah. doing the uh, poems and stuff. Is it poet? Yeah. Yeah, and like all that stuff, and he's here and all that stuff. I don't remember any of that. I just remember him choke slamming through the ring. I I, is I remember the choke slamming the fire. Yeah. I just don't. I don't remember the cuts. Uh, have we been caught in the Mandela effect? Mate, I think I live in the Mandela effect. <laughs> I, I generally think we've both been caught in the Mandela effect. This because I'm I'm pretty certain I've never seen that happen before. I, I'm pretty certain back in the day that all sorts of stuff went on. I know it will have been. But in my head, it wasn't. I remember it like just clean, no, chokes on through. Because there's even different a weird, universe, mate. There's a, there's even a camera cut as he's slammed into it. Like the camera changes angles as he's slammed into it, and I remember like very cleanly him going into the ring, and I don't remember why. Like, but yeah, so it kind of like in my head it was better, <laughs> but still, this has been my favorite angle. Like everything they've done, it's made me remember how good Edge was. Yeah, you were meant. Yeah, this is a few that I've really enjoyed most for the year. And it doesn't really get ruined. Because I know what happens after Shawn Michaels, Chris Jericho. What's that, mate? Isn't it Shawn Michaels, JBL? So uh, next week, listeners, we're going to um, be reviewing SummerSlam 2018. We don't talk about that, mate. You know we don't talk about that. We had a discussion <laughs> about it before. We don't talk about that feud. Um, yes, yeah, so we're going to be doing SummerSlam 2018. Uh, I assume we'll talk about NXT TakeOver. We will. Uh, which we didn't preview, which I only just remembered. <laughs> mm. uh, you'll be re- doing a full review of uh, Joey Janela's August break, whatever it's called. We will have an on the road. Will we? Well, we're both going to Rev Pro. Are we? Yeah. Oh, man. It's Summer Sizzler. Yeah, Summer Sizzler. Yeah. Don't play like you don't know. We're having, we're taking a diversion to pick you up in Bedford. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> But you get to see Ishii versus Walter. Yeah, I'm quite excited about that. Yeah, it's a very big guy and a small boulder man battering yeah. each other. Which, how else would you want to spend your Friday night? Yeah. Overpriced beers and two blocks battering. A German, an Austrian man and a Japanese man beating each other up. Yeah, I can't wait. Oh. So, listeners, um, join us next week where Graham will be back to probably police this shambles. No, he won't. He won't be back next week. He won't. Anyway. He won't be back to police this shambles. Excellent news. J- listeners, <laughs> if you enjoyed this week, <laughs> it's going to be more of the same. Listeners, <laughs> if you hated this week, don't download next week. We're going to talk about penises, paedophiles, leisure center beasts. The list goes on. <laughs> we might get a small career mode next week. <laughs> we haven't done the career mode in a while. Leisure center beasts. <laughs> <laughs> don't even joke about that because he, he will fly back. <laughs> He will fly back and put a stop to this. Basically, when this episode goes up, we're going to get a very angry, salty message about even suggesting doing that because he doesn't even like us mentioning that guy. (laughs) He's going to be so angry. 
Anyway, even even as explaining it, he's still going to get angry because he can't help it. He will be angry at it. No, but then he might he might not get angry because we've said he's going to get angry, and then but that... then when we see him, he's going to be twice as angry, <laughs> and he's going to spend fifteen minutes as I'm setting up ranting at us for ruining it for two weeks. So, listeners, if you want us to ruin the show, um, give us a like on Facebook. It's uh, <laughs> facebook.com slash Royal Grumble. Uh, if you want us to absolutely tank it, get onto Twitter and tell us that. Tweet us at Royal Grumble Pod. Um, like all his Instagram posts, that's at, that's at Royal Grumble Pod as well, um, if you really hate us, because uh, Gra- Graham's going to hate us more, so we need we need all your support. Leave us a salty review on iTunes. Do you know what, right? I went onto Apple Podcasts. It's called Apple Podcasts, mate. You're not down with your kids. Yeah. And uh, I went on there all the week. In fact, it was after last week's show because Graham read out a review. Yeah. And some actually, we've got actual people that listen and like us. And like, because like, I joke that we don't, nobody listens, but like... People do. People have left reviews and I actually want to... And, and I know I like tech mess a lot, and but like, I want to say thank you to them listeners. Yeah. Because uh, they're, they're the ones why I come on here and be racist. It's just <laughs> It's just for them. Yeah, I, I, I call I, them my KKK brothers. <laughs> I have been asked yeah. by a, a, a group of fans whether I have any of the stuff I've cut of yours from the show still. And I do, but I keep it in the episode files to which the episode is. And we've done a hundred and something. We're like nearly 140 episodes or whatever it is. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff to go through. And I don't really want to do that. <laughs> Thanks. So... Facebook.com slash Royal Grumble Pod, Twitter.com slash. No, Facebook.com slash Royal Grumble, Twitter.com slash Royal Grumble Pod, Instagram's same as Twitter, Royal Grumble Pod, um, Royal Grumble.podbean.com, um, we're on Twitch. We need to start doing Twitch. Um, we're, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on that one you signed Spotify. us up for, Spotify, that's what all the kids listen to now. Um, say, say goodbye, Dan. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Daryl. Goodbye, Daryl. <laughs> <laughs>